You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Tyrese Halliburton traded to the Indiana Pacers. C.J. McCollum traded to the New Orleans Pelicans. Norman Powell traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, and by the way, there's a Super Bowl that is taking place on Sunday. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall, Jake Simone. Jake, starting off with the trades for a second, we're going to dive a bit deeper into, into said trades in a moment. Uh, which trade was the one that you thought the Knicks should have been all over and why is it all of them? <laughs> well, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, I guess, was available. Don't get me fucking started. Knicks, the Knicks could have just drafted him in the first place, but we won't go there. But yeah, I mean, if he was available for Sabonis, maybe you could have called with Julius Randle and a bunch of draft picks. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, no one really yet. Maybe CJ McCollum, to a lesser extent, is a guy that the Knicks, I guess, should have been, quote, all over. But it just remains to be seen. I think the Knicks would just be better off just shedding some salary at this point, some mistake contracts to guys for in efforts for this offseason because Damian Lillard probably won't be on the Portland Trailblazers next year. I think that's pretty safe to assume after today. So that that's kind of where the Knicks stand. I feel like they get better with addition by subtraction. I can dream. I could dream of big three of Damian Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, and this is Carl. Of course, this this is of course <laughs> Carl Towns. You see how good the the T Wolves are doing this uh, year. The T Wolves are very good. Again, this this is me dreaming. This is me dreaming. And R J Barrett, but no, it's 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 not going to happen. I, I honestly, I don't even know if. And, and this is you know going just down the the Knicks rabbit hole. I don't even know who like the third guy would be if it's going to be. Uh, let's just rule out Julius Randle. He's not a star. Let's just say it's R.J. Barrett and Damian Lillard in some perfect, magical, beautiful world where R.J. is not traded for Damian Lillard. Yeah, true. Who, who's that third guy they can go out and, and, and get? Well, what are you talking about? They have Kemba Walker. No, oh, of course. Of course. No, of course. No, no, Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, how could I, how could I Well, I hate to break it to you. I know we're, we're talking hypothetically, but I cannot see a world where they get – Damian Lillard without giving up RJ Barrett. I just don't see how they have the young pieces and Unless they don't even giving up exactly a ton of draft picks, a shit ton of draft picks, I guess, but they don't even play their young pieces. They don't no. even showcase what they're made of. So Mm-mm. they no. have next to no value. So, but hypothetically speaking, if you have RJ Barrett, Damian Lillard, I guess maybe a third piece can maybe be Bradley Beal. Maybe who's done maybe. for the year now. Maybe Bradley Beal, if you consider him that that level of star. Sure. Yeah, um, I, I, I I could. I could. Maybe. I don't know. What's the contract? I heard something about Chris Middleton, too, potentially. Being yeah. Out of, but I don't know if we really consider him that level of star playing, obviously, alongside Giannis. But I think, I, I think you know, if, if someone said to me, you know, you can get Chris Middleton, Bradley Beal, and Damian Lillard, no. I would say, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. obviously, obviously, but I don't know, man. I just don't see how the Knicks really get those stars without having to give up RJ Barrett. To be completely honest with you, neither do I. I. I don't see how it happens. Neither do I. Because he's 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 the one guy in the Knicks right now that has any any sort of value. Maybe him, him and, and Mitchell Robinson are probably the only two where you could say that okay, they have some level of some level of uh, of value attached to them. But this is not about the Knicks. Uh, I don't want to talk about the Knicks because they just get me aggravated. Um, we are going to talk about the uh, the NBA trades, and we are going to talk about uh, basement bets. We're going to do a whole basement bets segment. We actually were planning on doing the show strictly around basement bets, since that was the that was the plan. 
But then, of course, the NBA just got a little funky and we had to uh, we had to incorporate that uh, into the uh, into the program. Just a, just a couple of programming notes before uh, before we go into uh, into Deep Sleeper and then uh, talking about the NBA trade deadline, the trades that have happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, you'll be hearing this on Friday. Adam and I will be doing a Basin Talk podcast tennis show uh, Tuesday night. We'll be recording that and you'll be that will be in your inboxes on Wednesday. So it will be there. Uh, when you are listening to this so make sure you listen to that as well um and then of course at the end of this episode jake and i will be giving our super bowl picks with score um and then i think i think for the bets jake i think something that we could do is just kind of uh, based on the lines that are on DraftKings, which we will be uh, using for this uh we could just give picks for uh for each little uh wager that uh, we talk about and, and stuff like that i think that'd be a little fun sure and cost us it costs us zero dollars until we put like a hundred on it yeah, yeah, I guess you're right there. The inaudible. Um, but before we get into any of that good stuff, the Basin Talk podcast home is in Portland, Oregon, and we do Deep Sleeper before every Basin Talk podcast. It's just guarantees in life. So, Jake, your Deep Sleeper, please. Deep Sleeper is the Baseball Hall of Fame. I had a feeling that you were going to mention that at some point. I just, I just didn't know. Baseball when. Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, and I think that next year, I think everybody gets in. I think everybody gets in with the new rules now in baseball that they're not even testing for PEDs or steroids or any of that. I think you start to see a little bit more leniency for some guys on the ballot, and I think eventually all these steroid guys get into the Hall of Fame. One way or the other. Uh, yeah, obviously alluding to Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, uh, Mark McGuire, Alex Rodriguez, Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. I, look, we both were on the bandwagon. They should have. They they all should be in. Period. Yeah, it's an era of baseball. You can't tell me that the era of baseball does not. It, you can't pretend like it didn't happen. Agreed. Agreed. I completely agree. You know, you could. I think you were the one that 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 said it. Actually, it was you. I, I 100% can confirm it was you that said, build a separate wing of the Hall of Fame, the steroid era wing, and make sure that there is an asterisk next to any of them, but they're in, and as all of them should be. Barry Bonds and Roger Clevens, probably top of that list, and then not too far behind Alex Rodriguez. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you can't put some of the best players to ever play baseball not in the Hall of Fame. You just can't do it. No, no, you, you you can't you can't do it. You can't do it. But we live in an era though where the baseball writers are still stuck in the 1950s. Oh, and the worst. The, 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 they are. I, I stand by it. I mentioned this in conversation, maybe with you, maybe with other people. I am firmly in the camp that baseball writers in general are probably the most insufferable human beings on the face of the earth. No, it depends on the person though. It depends on the person. I, I, I can see your point though, but the majority, it depends on your perception in the whole media. Like somebody like Gary Sheffield is never making the hall of fame. I think regardless, even if the steroid guys are even allowed in the hall of fame, Gary Sheffield sure. is not making the hall of fame. Sure. I can't think of too many baseball players that have a worse reputation and, relationship with journalists than Gary Sheffield or chilling. Um, not so much while he was playing more of post playing. If that okay. Yeah. It's chilling, but with Sheffield, it was no, no, 
before, Not during, good. after. Yeah. Before, during, after, it was just never good. But he should be a Hall of Famer. Don't get me wrong. Let me tell you something, man. Gary Sheffield was the most intimidating hitter I think I've ever seen up there in the batter's box. Oh, with with the, with the, with uh, the batting stance. And oh, that guy's bat speed was just ridiculous. He, it was it was absurd, man. Like, but and journalists are telling us that. Yep, doesn't matter. Of course not. Chris. Of course not, because they because the journalists the but, journalists are very sensitive people. But David Ortiz was a good guy and gave interviews and had a smile on his face and did all this stuff. Didn't piss anybody off. Didn't piss anybody off. And, and, he's, nice, and he's a first maybe, ballot all fiber. Maybe nice guys do finish first after all. Maybe. Maybe if you walk around with a, with a nice, bright smile on your face, maybe you'll get you somewhere in life after you uh, after you spack 400-plus home runs, have a career 270-plus average, and go down as one of the best Boston Red Sox of all time. But that's besides the point. Um Deep sleeper for me, um, Super Bowl menus. Now, there is a little segue into something that I had planned for this. And obviously, I did not mention this to you, but it is Mount Rushmore time. So, we are going to be doing a Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl food slash slash drink items. Yeah. So, Jake, since I did not tell you about this, I will give you the option. Would you like to go first or would you like to go second? Second. Okay. Snake style. Come on, man. Okay. So you want you want to go second. Okay. Um, let me just put my put this down. See, I I am just I'm an experienced journalist who just has a notes page just full of shit that I'm just trying to carve out space just to put down the chart that I'm going to use to make sure that I remember every single last thing that we say, because I will never, because I have the memory of a peanut. Um, Okay. So the first one that I'm going to go with, um, there's a couple of options that you can go with. I don't want to say them out loud because then I know you're going to take them, but odds are you're going to take them anyway. Um, I mean, you, you got to have a nice beer on ice. I mean, you, you have to. Now, now, Jake, I, I don't know if we have ever necessarily talked about this. I'm sure we have off air, but at least on. What is your beer of choice, sir? Um, I, Listen, man, I'm not that picky with beers. I don't I'm not a big fan of lagers. I'm not a big fan of IPAs. That's a shame. Really, I don't really give a shit if it's out of a, a can, a bottle. A oh, that's a shame. Uh, to me, I'm very, very, very simple. Nothing, nothing to me is better than a nice course banquet. Oh, well, that's an or, excellent or, choice. Or a McUltra, like that's or a Bud Light. It's an excellent, excellent. I'll excellent even drink choice. an Addy Light if it's offered to me. But no, I haven't oh, had that. No, no, no. That that was more of like when I was you know twenty. Not you know say, when, come on now. with the with the discretion of adult and of course, but uh, of of course, of course. Um, yeah, man, I'm basic with beers. Uh, I I don't I don't get too fancy, but I, I wouldn't refuse if that makes sense. If that you see what I'm saying? For, for I'm recommending these for you and for anybody else out there that can easily uh, acquire these, since I know these are a, a local uh, Long Island thing. I don't know if they are outside of Long Island, but if they are or if you have the means of acquiring them i would suggest doing so um montauk ipas they have the they have the purple which are fantastic and they have the new green which are 
I have the greens downstairs and I am waiting from when we finish this before I get onto my next program to consume one very, very, very quickly because today has been a day. Today has been a day and it is a miracle that I am here and somewhat able to smile in any sort of regard because today has just been that kind of day. If I want to go drink uh, freaking Windex cleaning supplies, I'll just go upstairs and underneath my sink and, and have that. That is if just I wanted that, one of those IPAs. That's but shameful. It, it, if we're really getting off top, off brand here with, with beers, I do love me some some Blue Point Blueberry. I must say that, that's a classic. Not a bad shout at all. Founder of, founder of Blue Point went to uh, went to Sable High School. Yeah. Graduated. Now, graduated. Now, owned by, now owned by Coors. But. Are they owned by Coors now? They're owned by Coors. I believe it's Coors. I th- uh, I don't know why I thought Bud. it was Budweiser. I thought it was Budweiser. It might be Budweiser. I thought, eh, same shit. <laughs> well, the, guy, the guy who graduated, the guy who uh, founded uh, Blue Point graduated with my mother. Shout out Donna. Nice. But yeah, man, uh, I do love me the Blue Point beers. Um, my Italian side, you you know oh, where if, I'm if going you're, with this. If, if you're, I know exactly what you're going to say right now, and I'm going to say absolutely Yes. <laughs> You can't go wrong with the Peroni, but yep. but Peroni out of the bottle. A Peroni on draft, it's not the same quality. It's not. Oh, oh nope, now he's nope, getting nope, picky. Nope. Now, now, now I am getting a little bit picky. I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't, you know, make a face be like, uh, uh. but if you were to offer me both and say, hey, Jake, you can have it out of the bottle or out of draft pick which one i would say the bottle without even thinking twice 100 that's my lesson for people 100 percent. it's it, it, i think in the same way it's it's like a course the course bottle well you could even you know you can narrow it down to like course bottle versus a can the bottle for me it, it's a night and day difference i think bottles in general are just better yes yes even even with something as simple as like that that our younger audience can uh, can relate to as well, even something like soda. You know, I'm not a big soda guy, but I do know no. the very limited amount of times that you know you have anything anything with a little bit of uh, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sure. Hoppiness, hoppiness. Yeah. It always it always goes down much nicer and feels much more refreshing when it is in a bottle versus it, a can. It is scientifically proven that the best soda known to man is a McDonald's Coke. Is that true? Yep. Huh. Scientifically proven. Huh. All right. So I will have to. I'll have to waste two seventy five or whatever. A, oh, a dollar. A dollar soft drink. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Dollar right. soft drink or a Sprite if you're into that. It, it's just proven that Coke and Sprite are the best from McDonald's due to the chemical formula of the syrups they use in their soft drinks. So what they use to get you fatter on top of the already disgustingly fattening food that they give out, it, it just it it basically well, is meant to just clog it, your arteries. Now that we've now that we've really branched off into soda, everybody knows what. Not, it's not scientifically proven. Everyone knows what the best soda is, and I don't drink soda. But when I go to this establishment, I break the rule. And I drink soda. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, I have no idea. You're talking to the least. The, the, no, the, no, no, the no, worst no. You, soda you, influencer of all no, time. No, no. Listen, I'm not a big soda advocate, but I guarantee you I drink this soda without thinking twice, and that is the Baja Blast from Mountain Dew at Taco Bell. I uh, see I'm not a Taco Bell guy. Oh, oh, God. Taco Bell is the 
by far the best establishment in America. By far. <laughs> if you if you disagree, listen, we're talking about Super Bowl foods. If someone were to come through and be like, listen, I'm bringing over a couple bags of Taco Bell to the Super Bowl party, I'd say, okay, great. How much do I owe you? I wouldn't say, oh, I, I want wings or pizza or chili or. Ooh. No, no, no. I, I would love a ta- I would love me some Taco Bell with Baja Blast, of course, and which has turned into an alcoholic drink, by the way. They're making yes, it yes, I do know Baja that. Blast, and just saying, I, I haven't seen it, but I would have to try it. I'll I'll have to I'll have to try this. I'll try this because I'm not I'm not a Taco Bell guy. I can tell you, I, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times that I've been to Taco Bell, and each of those times I would probably make a careful assumption that I was under the influence of something. Not driving, of course. Not 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 driving. Never. Yeah, Never no, I have it all I have it about once a month, I'd say. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oof. Once a month. And you managed you you managed to maintain a very svelte figure. I'm very, very, very impressed. It I can't helps. say the same. It, it does it. Does it now? Okay. I guess it does. If the way whatever way you want to look at it, yes, I guess it does. Uh Jake, your two selections please. Oh easy. Boneless wings and pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good shout. We're talking about for food now, right? Or we're yeah, we could talk about anything. Talk, it, yep. it, it could be Bo- anything now. Boneless wings pizza. Um, give me uh, chips with salsa. Fair. Now, is the chip separate than the salsa, or is that like a, a combination? Is that's that like a combo? A... It's a combo. Okay. And now yeah. I get two more? Uh, I get one more. Oh, you get one more. I get one more. I'm going to go with. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this this is like an outside the box one, but you need something to do during halftime, especially when the halftime show is shitty like it is this year. Quite frankly, awful. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with dice. Outside the box. Outside the a, box. That's a deep sleeper. Outside the box because I, you yeah. always want to shoot dice. There is never a bad time to shoot dice. For me, it is the. This is it kind of goes hand in hand, but garlic knots. Oh, that's a great shout. Talking yep. about garlic knots. Yep. Great shout. Great chat. So you kind of have like the two main things with the pizza and the wings, and then you get the knots. Yep. Yep. Good shout. And we're sticking on the theme of it's kind of lame, but I need to stay hydrated during the Super Bowl. You need to have classic cold water. You need cold Poland Springs water bottles ready to go. I'm gonna drink about 15 of them during the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep, that's a that's a very very good shout, very 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 good shout. Um, and then the last one that I'm gonna go with on top of mine is Wi-Fi connection, because you need fantastic Wi-Fi in order to put in your bets. Because if you are in, if you're like, say you're in a basement or something, okay, and that basement does not have quality Wi-Fi, and you are stuck watching the Super Bowl just on just because you want to watch it and not because you know you're placing bets on it and some people some people are just going to watch it and, and I, I obviously respect that i mean i talk about football for a living but the the game is much more fun especially when it is a team that you are not emotionally invested in when you are able to throw a little money on it yeah i agree now let me ask you let me ask you this let me just run through these very quick uh, Jake put wings, pizza, knots, water. I put beer, chips, dice, Wi-Fi. Jake, I think, wins that one uh, pretty convincingly. Um, are you in any boxes this year, sir? Um, I stopped doing boxes. I might oh, do. You are crazy. 
I stopped doing them because I had, I don't know. Listen, I lost a lot of money, not like out of my own pocket, but remember when the chiefs played the, um, 49ers, mm-hmm. I had the final score until the last minute when Damian oh. Williams ran in a touchdown. Yes. When that, that, that didn't matter. Cause the Niners oh. just, just quit on the game. And I, I, I usually like, I had a lot of apologizing to people to do after that because I was just in a dark place after that. I was just, I, I don't think I've ever really been madder in my entire life, more mad, whatever you call the police. But, um, I, <laughs> so I stopped, but I did, I like, I still do boxes during the regular season. Like if it's for like a, a fundraiser, like my buddy was doing a fundraiser. He had a tough year. He asked me, it's a great, I'll buy two boxes. It's like 20 bucks. So I was like, great. I might do one for this Super Bowl from this. Uh, I, I'm not a big free advertiser, but this place needs to be advertised because it's hard to not recognize greatness for wow. Sports cards. They're doing a, uh, a box for Super Bowl boxes for sports cards, like the, the boxes and stuff. Um, so that's kind of like a more fun box. That is quite you know fun. What I'm that is so quite fun. That's that's kind of where I'm at there. But no, I don't I don't do boxes anymore after that. After that. <laughs> I have one set. I have one set of boxes in, but I really am. Uh, I'm making my living this year off of off of the bets. I think that's the, that's going to be the move. And we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about all of our bets uh, in just a little while. But we have to talk about the trades that have gone down in the NBA. So, Jake, I'm going to give you the option. Because we, we, we really can start just about anywhere. Who would you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about – I think we saved the Halliburton one for last. Oh, we have, we, to start, that one. we have we to start saved, with James Harden. Yeah, well, yeah, we could talk about the speculation surrounding Harden. Yeah, so yeah. obviously for those that are completely unaware, um, James Harden has signaled his uh, unhappiness. I guess you can say that. Uh, regarding his situation with the Nets. Uh, there's been rumors out there that are linking Harden to the 76ers via trade or via free agency um, at the end of the year. Jake, I, I don't know about you, and I, I know you're the you're the Nets guy, so I think you're gonna have much more of a um, much more of a clear-cut stance on this than I am as, as sort of an outsider, especially as an outsider who just really wishes truly terrible things in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, <laughs> but, but I think the Nets, we talk, we did talk about this briefly, you and I, um, when the news like first started to circulate that Ben Simmons, if that trade is going to happen, Ben Simmons may actually be a perfect fit in Brooklyn with, with the Nets but who gives them the best chance to win this year? And it's probably, it's probably Harden. And, and I think if, yeah. if, but if he's, if he's really unhappy in Brooklyn and he wants to go somewhere else, like if, if, if he thinks the 76 is a spot for him and the, the, the numbers add up where you could do a Harden for Simmons and other swap. I think the nets just kind of have to swallow their pride and say, look, yeah, this is a deal that not only helps our team maybe this year, maybe I, I, I use that word maybe very, very loosely, maybe this year, but it helps us down the line as well. Cause you're going to get more longevity out of Simmons, who is younger than out of Harden, who uh, for whatever reason, just has not looked like the James Harden that we all know he can be 
for the better part of maybe a month, which is a right. bit worrying. Yeah, so it, it can go a multitude of different ways here. For me, I don't think the Nets are in a bad situation at all. As of right now, a lot of things can change where they're in deep shit. For instance, if Tobias Harris is traded from the Philadelphia 76ers roster, the Nets are in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Because then you can get James Harden for nothing if you're the Sixers in the summer. And the Nets get nothing because all they'd have to do is just trade Ben Simmons off their books. And they have Harden. They don't have to give you Ben Simmons in return in a sign and trade. Yeah, ideally, you'd think it would work. But since the team's playing the same conference, same division, that ain't happening in the summertime if they right. still have – if they don't have Tobias Harris on the books. Now, if they have Tobias Harris still under contract at the trade deadline, Brooklyn has the upper hand where they can demand Tyrese Maxey a lot of draft compensation along with Seth Curry as opposed to just Simmons for Harden. It won't be just Simmons for Harden at the trade deadline, in my opinion, especially with Tobias Harris is still on the roster. A perfect world for Brooklyn, Harden stays. They win the cha- – well, obviously it's it, – it, you know, you can say it's crazy to think now, but I guarantee you, man, with KD, Kyrie, James Harden, they're not this bad. Believe me. They're I still agree. They're still a completely. team. So a perfect world for them, James Harden stays. They win a championship. Now, here's the kicker. I think Brooklyn needs to find a way to move on this offseason. I don't think James Harden is a supermax player anymore. I think he's 33. He does not put in the work in the offseason to have a long career. I think he might have another might have another year or two. Might. He could be done for all I know now. At the peak of his powers, you're saying? The, the, the Houston James Harden's gone. That guy will never be back. He does not train hard enough in the offseason. Ba- playing basketball is his version of staying, staying in shape. That guy's gone. Mm-hmm. Finished. Yeah. So, ideally, he stays. They win. They move on in the offseason. They reload. Because then you can maybe do the sign and trade Simmons- Harden, great, especially if Tobias Harris is still on the team. I think Philly will have a hard time moving Tobias Harris. That is a bad contract. Doug, and, it's and almost I like as Tobias bad Harris. as Julius Randle. And, and I like Tobias Harris putting it yeah, out I there. Yeah, I do too. I he do is too. Just, he's just not a max player. Mm-mm. So they might have a hard time. They might be able to convince an Oklahoma City to take on the contract if you attach first-round picks, but then what the hell are you trade to Brooklyn? For yeah, it's it's tough. So Brooklyn has all the leverage right now. What I ultimately think does happen, I think Harden stays. Am I confident about it? Maybe not. I, I don't have any intel on the situation here, but I, I think Brooklyn is in a really good spot here. I think they could get better. They might be better with Simmons, Maxie, and Seth Curry than with James Harden, this version of James Harden. So if he stays, you have James Harden. That's great. Maybe he turns it around. KD's coming back after the All-Star break. The mask mandates and vaccine requirements in New York City. Looks like it will be lifted hopefully soon. So Kyrie will be a full-time player. And if you do the deal, you got, you got some athletes under contract for long-term to play with Kyrie and KD running, gunning. And Simmons does a lot of what they need, rebounding and plays defense. So I have, have to be the shooter. I have two follow-ups. So number one, from what I've heard, is pretty much exactly what you just said, that – the Nets feel that they're in a position of strength where if they hold on to Harden, it gives them the best chance to win this year because obviously you bring back KD. You have Kyrie, who, as you just uh, mentioned, uh, should be back to being a full-time player if the mask vaccine mandates are lifted uh, in New York State. Um, there are reports that it could happen as early as Wednesday, 
So if that's the case, then yeah, you'll have Kyrie back to being a full-time player, which really, really helps. Um, And then the Nets do realize that there is the possibility that some team like the 76ers, if they want Harden now, will have to pay over the top. And the two teams, it makes sense that they're, they're like, you can mix and match certain things between the 76ers and the Nets where you can make a deal work right now if that is the motivation of both sides. But from what I gather, it doesn't look like the Nets are super motivated to get that done. And to be quite honest, I don't think the 76ers are either, especially if Daryl Morey thinks that he can just get Harden in the summer in a sign-and-trade with Brooklyn. It and is that, risky. that's yeah. worrying for, for, for Brooklyn if, that, if that's the case. No, well, if it's a sign and trade, I think Brooklyn would be more than fine with that. But if it's oh, nothing, they'll be fine with that, yeah. If it, they move Tobias Harris, like I alluded to, but to be honest with you, that's not great though. If you're the Sixers and you really want James Harden, because I got to be honest with you, man. Like I have a hard time believing if they win, and you know if they win a championship, I have a hard time believing Harden just says, "Okay, I'm out now." Like we want clearly something had to have gone right if they're a successful team. I agree. Yeah. So, it's a- it's not dead for, for Harden in Brooklyn. I, I don't think so at all, whether it's past this deadline or past the season. I, 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 I think we talk about this all the time when we talk about Aaron Rodgers and how that situation with Green Bay is a very fixable situation. I think the situation with Harden is very fixable. And the fix yep. is you bring KD back into the fold when he, when he gets back. He's healthy. Harden's healthy. You have Kyrie playing every night. You have the you have that big three that we've been talking about that we've been wanting to see for the better part of the last twelve months that we really have not really had the opportunity to see on a consistent basis. So you bring all that together, you you get that big three playing, boom. Harden can turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, this is the reason why I came here. This is the reason why I, I'm I'm playing in Brooklyn. This is the this is why I want to be here. And maybe there is a chance that that James Harden decides to stay in Brooklyn past uh, this year when he is a restrict, uh, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. That's part one. Part two, Jake, as of now, and this, this is more of an opinion question because I, I don't, me personally, I can't provide my input on this because obviously I'm not a Nets fan, but for you as someone, as from a fan's point of view, not even from an analytical sense, maybe from an analytical sense too, but from a fan's point of view, do you – I don't want to say regret because that's not the word, but if you could go back and not trade for James Harden and keep the assets that you gave up for Harden, would you nope. Would you go back and undo it? Not at all. You make, okay. that, tra- you make that trade 100 times out of 100. I don't okay. care what the hell – you could play Monday morning quarterback all the time. If you have the opportunity to get three guys that score at the clip of KD, Kyrie, James Harden, you do it. And if you fail – you fail. You fail trying. You don't. And it, but whereas if you just stood pat and you failed, you're thinking to yourself, what if? What if? Which, which they weren't good enough. They were not good enough with what they had. I hate to break it to everybody. No, no, yes, they, they weren't. Yes, Jared Allen has turned into a very good player for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I got news to you. I watched Jared Allen every single night when he was a Brooklyn Net. He was getting absolutely bullied by inferior big men like Joel Embiid. Bullied. At, like, bro, telling you right now, I watched Karis LeVert in the beginning of the year with Kyrie and KD out there on the floor. 
Karis Levert was not the same player. Steve Nash preferred to play Spencer Dinwiddie over him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Dinwiddie. Honesty. I think the loss of Dinwiddie has been more impactful than yeah, the he, loss of like Le, of yeah, Levert he, or Allen. But but I, I, I look, I, I I love to blame the Nets for any misstep they make because it's just so much fun and everyone hates the Nets. I can't blame them for the whole Dinwiddie thing. They could they couldn't afford Dinwiddie. They, they couldn't afford him. I mean, yes, they could have, but that the luxury tax would have been insane. To be honest with you, I think the bigger <laughs> loss has been Joe Harris. The Nets, believe it or not, though, it, since the game's since the big three has come to Brooklyn, the Nets are under 500 in games. Joe Harris has not played, believe it or not. They're 28 yeah, he, and 30. He's the glue. He he is the glue. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very, very good point. Um, I think we mentioned you. So are you under you're under the impression that Harden stays in Brooklyn at least to the end of the year? Yeah, I think so. But I'm not, again, I'm not making that as like I've heard it or I'm extremely confident. But if you put a gun to my head right now, yeah, I think he stays. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat as well. I really find unless unless the 76ers are paying something over the top crazy. And then you do. And then I do it. And then yeah. I don't complain. If it's just Ben Simmons for James Harden, which which won't happen. Yes, I would be very irritated by that. But I don't think I think if if we see Harden dealt, I agree with you. I think it's something over the top. Yes. Where you, you just can't say no. Yep. I absolutely agree. Then I then I think uh, Sean Marks has got to be able to pull the trigger and say, you know what? Boom. Got to do it. Got to do it. It helps our team now. Helps our team down the line. That's it. Um, let's talk about the uh, Norman Powell deal going from the Blazers to the Clippers. It, a weird one, just because yeah. of Norman Powell signing that five-year deal with the Blazers. Now going back to where he grew up, uh, Los Angeles, going back and going to play for the Clippers. It's a good trade for the Clippers. I mean, I, I just, I guess this is more of like the retool that the Blazers are trying to do, but you know, we'll obviously get to more Blazers uh, in, in, a, in a minute, you know, for me, I mean, the return, the return is fine. I guess Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, uh, second round pick from, I believe it was Detroit via Detroit that, yeah. um, that the Blazers got in this deal. Yeah, it's, it, it's fine. The Clippers get a shooter. They need, they look, they need somebody right now, you know, <laughs> they need Kawhi Leonard to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need Kawhi back. They need Paul, Paul George, George back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. It, it's, it's a decent trade. I, I don't just, think this one, move, it, yeah. it didn't move the needle for me. I, one I, way just or the think, other. I just think the Portland situation reminds me a lot of the new Orleans Pelicans when they decided to move Anthony Davis. Sure. Sure. Where they're just really delaying the inevitable. And I just, I cannot see Damian Lillard continue playing for the Portland Trailblazers next season. I can't. Well, I mean, if, if look, if, if they keep, if they keep losing, then yeah, it's going to be really, really, really hard to, uh, to keep him there for, for, and for him to really want to be there uh, quite frankly. And I mean, they have, they have until Thursday, they have until Thursday to, uh, to decide exactly what they're going to do. Ben, the word out there is they're a try and make, some other big deals, but honestly, I don't know what else is out there that Portland can be like, okay, they, yeah, we could trade Norm Powell. We could trade a CJ McCollum, who we'll get to in a minute, and bring in who? They're looking at Jeremy Grant. That's that's the one that they're really looking at. That, that's the one. I don't but, know how I feel about him, though. I, I, is he just a product of just playing on a horrific team in Detroit? I, I think so. I like He doesn't move the needle for me either. I don't know, man. I just think a lot of these teams need to 
build through the draft. Like Portland, no, nobody's coming to play in Portland. Although we love you, Portland. We, we love, love Portland, Portland Oregon. Too. We, we, we love we you. Do, we do love Portland. Build we, through we, the draft. Agreed. Like Agreed. if the Kings were so desperate to trade Tyrese Halliburton, I wonder, I wonder what they would have given up for Damian Lillard. <sighs> but then you got to do right by Damian. You know, right. I get it. Right. And I think if there's any, there's any move that was going to happen with the trailblazers, it was, it's going to be that Dame says it and he gets to decide where he goes and then it's just about getting the compensation. Right. But in, in, in any event, I mean, that, 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 that Norm Powell trade doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. I think it's very, very dependent on what other moves the Blazers make. Cause they, they, they can't go with the rest of the season. If they're, if they're really set on trying to keep this fading closing window open, at least like half a bit, they're, they're going to have to bring in somebody else. And I don't know who that is. I'm going to trade Yusuf Nurkic next. That's a guy I've always wanted the Nets to go get. It's possible. It, it, it's possible. All right. So let's talk about the uh, the aforementioned Karis Levert going from the Pacers to the yep. Cavs. I just found out some information, by the way, about Karis Levert. Please share. The Knicks offered for him. I did hear that. Evan yeah, Fournier in a first round pick. And believe it or not, the, the, the Pacers didn't want Evan Fournier. Not surprised. They didn't want him. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought it? it listen, listen. <laughs> it's a good get by, by the Cavs. It's another guard that they're bringing in there. I mean, obviously, you know, Colin Sexton being out for the rest of the year, you needed someone to pair with Darius Garland. And you get that now with, with Karis LeVert, who should be a regular starter. For the Cavs, for the for the long for the long haul, and he gets to go back and he gets to be buddy buddy with uh, Jared Allen again. So, yeah. Uh, but I gotta say, I gotta say though, and, and uh, honestly, I mean, no tongue in cheek here. The, the Cavs are, are they have a really good young core of of players. They've done a really really yeah. nice job. I think of of getting the right kind of guys surrounded by other like players of a similar age profile where this team can actually grow together and be a consistent team in the Eastern conference for, for the next few years. So I think it's a very, very good job by, by the Cavs. And that, that first round pick at the end of the day for with where they want to go, which is making a deep run potentially in the East, that first round pick, it means, means nothing. And then the two seconds again, mean nothing to them. Makes you think maybe LeBron, Changes is maybe LeBron wants to end his career in, in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, please, please do everybody a huge favor. Do not go after LeBron. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, Hey, this is a really, really good trade for, for Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think for, for Indiana too, I, I think there were question marks, honestly, as to why they did this deal, but they then we got the answer. That now we do. Yep. Now we, way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's just segue we, into it. I mean, my God, what a horrific let, trade. Let's do it. And we'll talk about we'll talk about McCollum. So yeah. So the Pacers give up DeMontis Sabonis. Good player. Like I I, I don't I don't want to you know say that DeMontis Sabonis is not a like he's a scrub or anything. He's not. Sabonis is, is he's a he's legitimate He's a two-time All-Star, a great guy in the paint, good player. With Jeremy Lamb, 
Justin Holiday in a 2027 second for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, irrelevant in this, probably is going to get bought out. And will be a Brooklyn Net. More than likely. But Halliburton, are, are you kidding me? When I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, this is Woj reporting this? Not some like offshore nonsense account. Like what? In, that was the biggest stunner I think I've seen at the NBA trade deadline my entire life. I'm going to be honest with you. It is very, very close for me. Very close. Tyrese Halliburton. I'll be, I'll be real honest. I was, I was actually on Twitter when this was, when this broke, I just hit the, you know, see new tweets bar. And I saw this pop up in my timeline and I had to do a double take. I had to make sure I had to click on Woj's profile to make sure it was verified Woj. I, I could I yeah. not believe it. And, Crazy. and then obviously I said some expletives associated with that because of course, like, it makes me, I'm utterly speechless and trying to get words out right now because still I haven't processed this, but it absolutely drives me nuts that the Sacramento Kings, who are rebuilding, they're rebuilding. There is no window of contention for the Kings. None, zero, nada trade not one but two of their players that they could have potentially been building around for Sabonis essentially just Sabonis they traded the wrong guard they, they should have been trading I mean to be honest with you I think I thought the Aaron Fox in a deal for Julius Randle made a whole lot of sense I just think they needed to let they needed Halliburton they needed to give the keys to Halliburton instead yes. they do the opposite yes like the Pacers are in really good shape, man. They got a they got a they got a franchise cornerstone. They they may have two. And, or and, so and, in Halliburton. And now you're now looking at Miles Turner, who he may have a long-term future now with with Indiana. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. And now it just looks the conditions for Miles Turner to stay in Indiana look a whole lot better. And now you're talking about a backcourt of Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Yeah. 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 I, I want the Nets. I wanted the Nets to go after Buddy Heald, maybe do a Joe Harris or Buddy Heald swap because I know I, Buddy Heald's a little bit older. In an ideal perfect world, those are two guards right there that you can have playing for the Indiana Pacers for the next five years at least. In an ideal I don't know perfect about five. world, Buddy Heald's a little older though. Not Heald. Not healed. Halliburton? Halliburton could be a guard there for the next 10 years. Yeah, Halliburton's just going to be a superstar. He's going to be a star. He, he's, go, yeah. he's going to be a star. And, and this, it also makes you go back and reflect on when over the summer there were all the reports about Buddy Heald potentially going to the Lakers. And Buddy Heald was, he was a centerpiece in that deal. In this, he's a bit part piece. He's a secondary. He's a secondary asset that's being traded. He's the maybe, maybe. He's the fourth best player in this deal behind Jeremy Lamb, and then of course Halliburton and Sabonis. 
crazy. One of the worst trades I've ever seen. Bottom crazy. Line. Like the Kings, the it honestly, this is this really is Monday morning quarterbacking here. Like, we don't know what the Lakers were offering the Kings for Buddy Healed. And it is completely possible that the Kings were just saying anybody but the Lakers. Kind of like the Buffalo Sabres were saying when they were going and trying to trade Jack Eichel and the Rangers were interested in the Sabres and Terry Pagula saying anybody but the Rangers. It could have happened here where anybody but the Lakers could have. I'm not saying that it did. I'm not saying that it didn't. It's possible. But his value just depreciated so much that now he's the fourth best player being dealt in this trade. And now he's going to Indiana as basically the second best thing that they got in this return uh, with Halliburton, who was just <laughs> on a completely different level. I really, 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 really am going to be very interested in the next couple of days just to kind of see the fallout from this and what kind of made this happen. Because honestly, I'm, I'm stunned. I'm st- uh, still stunned. Still. And this, and this trade happened all of, this is Tuesday at six o'clock. This trade happened all of five hours ago. And I'm still beyond. Agreed. No, it's never going to go away. No, no, it's never, never going to go away. And, and honestly, and, and this too may be, be part of why the Kings did it. And I'm just trying to justify this a little bit. Maybe they wanted to get a foundational piece. They can do a rebuild on. And they didn't think that, you know, doing it with a guard was the way to go, even though it's wrong too many. And they thought about, yeah, it's a, it's a Sacramento Kings, So obviously it's not going to make sense. And I wonder, and, and I wonder if they put this package together and offered this to Philadelphia for Simmons and Philadelphia said, no, I won, and if the Sixers did, they should be ashamed of themselves that they did. They should. They should be ashamed of themselves that they did. But the Pacers, this is the the Indiana Pacers should be arrested and criminally charged for the level of theft that took place. Uh, quite honestly, wild man. I don't Un- know. Unbelievable. Talk about getting lucky. All right, so let's talk about uh, the C.J. McCollum deal going from Portland to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, basically, the return is centered around uh, Josh Hart going to going to Portland, and then the uh, Blazers are also sending Larry Nance and Tony Snell to the uh, to the Pelicans. Ah. <sighs> It just seems like this is a retooling that had been coming for a while from from the Blazers. I mean, it's hell. I loved. I I like the deal for the Pelican side, but then again, it's kind of like either side. I don't know about you, Jake, but it just it doesn't move. It, it it's the a glorified for it's me. But, it's yeah, and New Orleans, That's all it is. Yeah, and, and New Orleans is also sending a uh, protected first and two second rounders to uh, to and, Portland, and it's an attempt to appease Ion to say, "Hey, look, we're trying here." Yep, I agree. I agree. Does it work? <sighs> I mean, I, I I don't know. Considering he he's hell bent, it just seems like on New York. I don't know about that. He hasn't written. No, no, no. 
He hasn't requested a trade. That doesn't no, mean no, 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 no. He hasn't but... requested a trade, but I mean, we've been talking about Zion and where and where the Zion hell are the, the Knicks, Knicks and how the hell are the Knicks getting Zion without R.J. Barrett in any deal? <laughs> Who the hell knows? How are they getting anything without without R.J. Barrett? No, he's the only real asset that they have. Considering they've managed to fuck up the, all the other assets that they had. Crazy. So it's, <laughs> I mean, look, it's a fine deal for the Pelicans. McCollum, obviously, I, I wish the Knicks would have done this. I mean, it only required a first-round pick, which they went and traded for for Cam Reddish, who doesn't even fucking play. But that's that's besides the point. Yeah, it, it's it's a fine deal. It's a fine deal. Curious again to see what the Blazers do going forward, you know, for the next uh, 48 hours that they have until the uh, deadline comes. All right. All right, Jake. You ready? Yep. Uh, This has been the part of the show that I think I've been looking forward to um, looking forward to the most. So in case anybody was, um, I guess, looking, shall we say, on Monday night, there was a promo that was offered on DraftKings for Cooper Cup to score anytime touchdown. I believe those odds were uh, plus 100 for that, so you get to do to, uh, to double your money. So I did place on that. So for anybody that, that was uh, interested or did do that, congratulations. It is not there anymore. So, you know, take that for um, for what you will. But I think before we get into anything super specific, uh, let's just go over the uh, the money lines, the, the over-under, and the spread right now. So me personally, I think there's more value taking the Bengals money line at plus 170. I don't love it with the Rams straight at minus 200. I don't really love that. So I think if there's a money line that I would take, I, I it would be – the Bengals. I don't know how you feel about that, Jake, but I just think that that, that twenty to win ten is just it, it's too rich for my blood. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for I, I'm not betting against. Uh, I'm not laying the juice against Joe Burrow. If I'm gonna bet against him, like I'm not laying that juice. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, just out of curi- just out of curiosity, are there? Well, have you taken Bengals money line in any of your wagers? Not yet. I didn't put any in. Probably will. Yeah, but, I haven't uh, put any in. I, besides the Cooper Cup one, that's the only one that I've officially put in right now. Yeah. Will you be putting Bengals money line into yeah. any of them? I would say I think Bengals points probably because like I like the play because I'm going to be placing it a multitude of bets. Sure. So probably probably points, but I definitely advise the money line as well. I think I think money line can get you, can get you some serious value. It just really depends on what you. Uh, what you end up pairing it with uh, the over under at 48 and a half. <sighs> I mean, this is, this is a really, really, really tricky one considering this game could go in several, several directions. I- I'm tempted to go with the under, but barely I'm over very tempted uh, over. Yeah. I-, I could see either side. I'm not going with the over-under for any of my bets, considering historically I just suck with over-unders. So this is one that I'm just – I'm not touching it in, in any sense. And then, of course, the uh, spread, uh, four and a half uh, to the Rams right now. 
again, I think Jake and I both were in the same boat that the uh, Bengals and the four and a half is probably the uh, probably the way to go. Um, if you do say so, if I'm not putting any words in your mouth. Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, so Jake, let's go to the touchdown scores. And what I want to do is I want to kind of I let's just say let's pick two guys two guys that we think are going to score and just kind of see what the values shape up to be yep so you pick you pick two and we'll see what it comes out for you and then I'll two from each two. team oh it doesn't have to be from each team it could be from it could be from okay. both doesn't matter Okay, well, I think Cooper Cup definitely scores a touchdown. So, yep, but he's sitting. He's sitting yeah, at any waste of time. Any time for Cup is at minus one ninety. First score for Cup is plus five hundred. Last score is plus five hundred. So, a big we'll put, a sleeper to score. CJ Uzama. Yes, if if he plays in this game, yeah, I do. I do like Uzama at plus two fifty to potentially to potentially score. If you wanted to put those two together you can probably uh, get a nice return. It's not giving me the option here because it can only give it a singles. Oh, I know why. Because I didn't do it as the same game, but that's just, that's for another time. Um, For me, there was one, I'm trying to remember who it was when I, when I was looking at it. Oh, I know exactly who it was. I know exactly who it was. I'm looking at him right now for something with a, a little bit of value. How about Kendall Blanton, first touchdown score at plus 1,600, anytime plus 230, and pairing him with Odell Beckham, who is plus 120 to score. If you want a real sleeper to score first, I got I got a real sleeper for you. Sure. Place this now before the game. But how about Drew Sample as CJ Uzama? You get that you place that now. If Uzama doesn't play, even if Uzama does play, it's alive. How about Drew Sample? I like that one. He's plus three fifty to score anytime, plus twenty two hundred to score first, or or a wild card. How about Matthew Stafford rushing touchdown? Matthew Stafford rushing touchdown is plus six fifty. I really like that. I really like that. That's that is some some nice value there. And Joe Burrow is plus five hundred rushing. And I will I will say, and I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I have to. Uh, I have to take a look uh, if I can find it. Oh, okay. So, yes. So, I've done it for every Rams game so far. Matthew Stafford over rushing yards has hit in every playoff game that they've played. It was sitting at two and a half for every game. It is now sitting at five and a half. And I am still going to place on Matthew Stafford over five and a half rushing yards. So, I, it's all mine. I placed last game. I think I think everybody did when the secret was out after the divisional round. That's when I think the the cat was a little bit out of the bag. And then now now I think everyone just kind. Of, I wonder. I really wonder if I, I haven't really looked like super hardcore uh, before like the last couple of days. But I really I wonder if that moved. If that line was sitting at two and a half, maybe three. And people just slammed it to get it up to five and a half. Now I'm 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 curious about that, just to kind of see where where the Stafford line opened at. Um, but if we're looking at some more of the uh, rushing yards, 
Uh, Cam Akers is sitting at 64 and a half. I actually like the under on Cam Akers rushing yards there. Under. I like that as well. Uh, Jamar Chase sitting at three and a half. That one, I think, is just kind of like, you know, you're, you're, I guess I would take the over. I oh, guess. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a slam dunk. Yeah. All you need is, is one carry for four yards and oh, boom. Right. Yeah. And boom, you're good. I don't know about uh, a slam dunk, but yes, I would take over. Uh, Joe Mixon over 62 and a half. I think I would take the under actually with with Mixon, but that, that that's a good line though for, for I, Mixon. I, I'm taking over. I think Mixon is a big day. I I see. I understand that. I'm not going to be going near Mixon just because I've been on Mixon three times and I'm over three on you and him. Every- just yeah, it's just even with fantasy, it just it hasn't worked. No, it hasn't worked, and I love him. I love him. It just has not worked with me and Joe Mixon at all. Let's just go to the passing the passing yards uh, right now. Joe Burrow sitting at two seventy five and a half. I like the I like that over. I like that over too. If they're good, if you like the Bengals to win, you almost have to take over. Agreed. And then Matthew Stafford is sitting at two seventy nine and a half. Give me the over there as well. Give me the under. I think you go slightly under. Okay. Okay. I I I think it's one that. And obviously, you know, this this is uh, just a word of advice, but obviously you do want to check with any of your books um, for the next couple of days, seeing if they have any specials that they give out that are, you know, limited 12-hour specials uh, for the Super Bowl. I would take a guess, and this is, this is just me. I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but I'm just going to assume that there's probably going to be some sort of passing special that they dish out for this game saying like, Oh, Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, uh, both to throw over 250 at plus money, something like that. So just, just be mindful of that and check up on it, uh, over the next couple of days, the, uh, pass passing and rushing yards combo for both Joe Burrow's at 290. I like that over Jake. I, I think you do as well. Oh yeah. And then for Stafford is over two eighty seven and a half. Is that where you would be taking the over for Stafford when you're combining pa- when you're combining passing and rushing? Yeah, for for plus odds. Yeah, yeah it's they're both sitting at um, wouldn't play minus, Stafford minus one fifteen for both. Nah, I think there's better. Okay, I wouldn't you play think- it, but I guess if I had to, yes. If you if you had a gun to your head and you, and you had and you had to uh, you had to play it, um. I'm just looking at some of the uh, the props here, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read some out to you, and you tell me if you would be taking any of them. So, any quarterback to throw for 350, you think anybody throws for no. over 350 yards? No. Okay, so then no one will have uh, 400. Nobody will have 450. How many passing touchdowns do you think for Joe Burrow? Three. Three is sitting at plus 450. Matthew Stafford passing touchdowns. Two. Two is sitting at plus 175. Let's go to the receiving yards. Odo Beckham sitting at uh, 63 and a half. I like that over. So do I. I kind of like catches more. Catches for him, if I can get the receptions. Well, yeah, up. you can go in order if, if you were going to that next. I, I don't want to jump the gun. No, no, no. We'll, we'll, stick, we'll, stick on, we'll stick on Odell. It was, only, it was only one click away. Odell Beckham. Okay. I, I, I think you're going to like this. 
His over receptions right now is plus money. I'm listening. Over five and a half. Yeah, I think he gets six or seven. I do as well. Um, let's see here. Jamar Chase, over five and a half catches. I think that's basically a lock. Yep. Oh, yeah. I would be parlaying that anywhere you possibly can. And if we stick to Jamar Chase, his yards are at 80 and a half. I like the under. Under, but I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't play it either. Because I think Jamar, there's the possibility of him catching a big one. And, you know, he could he could realistically have, it, it depending on, you know, what the situation is going to be with Ramsey, if Ramsey's going to shadow Jamar Chase or not, I right. don't think I, he is. I don't even think it matters. <laughs> no, I don't think it matters either. Um, I, that's just a line that I would, um, I would stay away from personally. Me too. Cooper Cup has eight and a half for receptions. I'm going to under. Say, I'm going to say under as well. That's a ridiculous amount, bro. Agreed. Like that's Agreed. one slow quarter of winning. Yep, I agree. I completely agree. And then the yards, he is at 106 and a half. I'm going to take the under. Under. I'm going to take the under there as well. I wouldn't play it. Well, wouldn't play either, but yes, if we had to. No, I would not. I would not play um, either. So, uh, Jake, any other props that. Yes. Give me Tyler. Give me Tyler Boyd catches. So the Tyler Boyd receptions. Four and a half at plus one thirty. I don't like that. What about I don't yards? Either. What about yards? His yards are, if I can find them, receiving yards. There we go. Forty and a half. I kind of like that. At sitting kinda... at it's sitting at one hundred five. Yeah. Forty and a half at minus one hundred five. I like that. I kind of like that. I like that. Um, if you wanted, if you wanted a, a you know smaller one to maybe go after, a Samaje Pirine at over eight and a half has been sort of the de facto third down back at times for Cincinnati. May only really require one catch uh, for him for ten yards to really uh, be the one that decides it there. It's sitting at minus one twenty five for those that are interested. Uh, Cam Akers at over fifteen and a half. He's gotten some work in the passing game. That's just one that I would love to stay away from. If I had to pick one, I would probably lean the over, but that's one I would prefer to stay away from if at all possible. I agree. If at all possible. Um, so let's go to the game leaders for those that are interested in long shots. So the most receiving yards, Jake, who do you got? For the player or the team? For the player. For the player, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is at 120. If you wanted a long shot, I'm going to go with T. Higgins. If we're like a long shot, who's sitting at plus 600. So we have to give a long shot or like. No, you don't have to. I think it's going to be Cup. I think it's going to be Cup. But I'm just saying, if you want, if if there was a long shot that I think it could be, and for the sake of being different for the content, of course, because I am for the content, uh, T. Higgins at plus 600 would be be the way that, that I would go. Uh, most rushing yards. So it really is between Mixon and Akers. I would go Mixon. I would go Joe Mixon as well. Sitting at plus 110. The player with the longest catch, who is that going to be? Um, 
for the sake of the program and the sake of being different, give me Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd at plus a thousand. Give me, give me for the content and on a serious level, give me Odell at plus seven fifty. I just think I feel like Tyler Boyd gets a lot of busted plays. He does. He does, but the problem is he also doesn't get he also doesn't get a ton of looks, which doesn't help him either. But it yeah. only does it only only does take one uh, in this instance. If you really want to be a super 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 long shot, um, Mike Thomas is plus six thousand for all those oh, that that are interested. You want to throw ten bucks that way for ten for six hundred? You can go ahead and do it. The player with the most scrimmage yards is going to be who? Most scrimmage yards give me Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon sitting at plus three hundred. Uh, that's where I'm going. I'm going to take. Oh, do I want to take Mixon there? I think three hundred is a pretty solid number. I'm not going to lie. Three hundred is a very good number. Yeah. You want? Know yeah, give me Mixon. Give me Mixon as well. I, I'm tempted to. I'm tempted to say Cup. But I think I think just the combo of rushing and and potentially receiving with with Mixon, I, I think you know he gets sixty sixty, it's going to take a hundred twenty yard day from Cup to, to potentially top that. So yeah, yeah, at, pl- at plus three hundred two for Mixon, that's that's a that's a pretty good value. I, I think Cincinnati puts a really big emphasis on trying to run the ball. I I don't think Joe Burrow dropping back forty five times is going to win them the ball game with with the with the uh, St Louis Rams. Wow, L A Rams. <laughs> Rushing attack uh, with Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and those boys coming off the edge. It's with, with that Cincinnati offensive line. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, is there anything else, Jake, that you would like me to look at? What's the sack total for uh, the Rams? Sure. So the sack total for the Rams you want? For the Rams. Three and a half. I would play that. I think I think Burrow gets sacked at least four or five times at least. The over the over is sitting at plus one oh five. I would play over. The most sacks, the Rams are at two twenty-five. So the the value is just not there. No. Take the over on sacks uh, instead. Uh, how many sacks do you think will be recorded in the game? I'm gonna go. Well, these are two very good pass rushes. I'm gonna go with ten. Seven or more is the favorite at, at plus two fifty. So, I mean, it's it, it's plus money. So you know, you throw ten. What's bucks ten or more? It just sits at seven. Oh, it just sits seven, seven or more. Yep. Got you. That's what's the, the? I know. I know. We we have to move on. But what's the the total for Aaron, Evan McPherson for points? For points. That's very interesting that you say that because I was going to uh, I was going to to do that. Uh, let's see if I can find it on here. It, I just have field goal, field goal props three way. Ah, here it is. So kicking points, McPherson is seven and a half. So is Matt Gay. I would take that. I love that over. I do too. McPherson. Gay, it's a little tricky because they seem to score a lot of touchdowns. And to be honest with you, I don't really trust Gay to that level that I do with McPherson. Agreed. Yeah, that over. I'm almost certain that McPherson, excuse me, McMoneyPherson, excuse me, apologies, <laughs> uh, has hit in every game so far. So the over seven and a half. It only takes, hey, it only takes a field goal and two extra points. That's it. That's it. And boom. Or three field goals in an ideal perfect world. And if you think the Bengals are going to win the game, 
then this is one that I think would be of interest Me too. for, for those people. If they think the, that the Bengals are going to go ahead and, and win the game uh, for all of those that are interested, there are also punting props, but if you are bent, betting on punters, then you need some serious, serious help. Um, I'll give you one more here. Just going back to the sacks one really quick. Who gets the first sack? For the sake of the content, obviously it's easy to say Aaron Donald. I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to give you a good long shot one for the sake of for the sake of the content. I have I have mine if you want me to give it. You know what? For the sake of the content, how about Eric Weddle? Ooh. How so about Eric Weddle? What are the odds on that? He is not listed. So He's not listed. Other, okay. Any other so it would be it would fall under any other Rams player, which is okay. like plus twelve hundred. That's not a terrible one, dude. No, it's not a terrible one at all. For me, for me, and I, I thought mine was gonna be was gonna be the long shot. I was gonna go for Trey Hendrickson at plus five hundred. See, I don't think that's a long shot. I think that's a I think that's a smart bet. Could be. It could be. I, honestly, it really depends on who gets the ball first. Like if you if you're gonna put this is one that I urge everyone live this. Don't put it in beforehand. Like if you know that the Rams are getting the ball first and you bet on Aaron Donald to get the first sack beforehand, you're going to be sweating it out most likely. Yeah, live it. So live this. Live bets like this. Pretty please and thank you. Um, Before we go, Jake, let's get a prediction. Winner and score. I'm going with the Bengals 31-24. I'm going with the Bengals as well. Give me... 2720. Okay. 27-20. Bengals win. Joe Burrow gets his first Super Bowl. So, Jake, enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll be talking throughout as we always do. And please um make sure that you're here next week because there'll be lots of lots to talk about as there normally is. We are not going to be talking about football for a change. A lot of basketball next week and maybe baseball. Yeah. Maybe they can come. Maybe they can come to the table. Hey, and and I I don't want to I don't want to get you too excited, too excited. But we are, if we get so if we're doing a show a week on this on this podcast, we have next week, we have the week after, we have the week after that, we are four weeks away from our bracket show. Ooh, that's that's the big one. And I'm telling you right now. I am not taking Duke to win the entire thing because I am 0 for 3 when I bet on Duke. I, I believe that Duke have lost three ACC matchups this year, and I've been on Duke for all three of them. Well, you know you know what I'll do. You know I'll take one of the one or two seeds that is the least picked team, and I'll probably take them to be my champion like I did last year with Baylor. Please, God Almighty, have it be Houston because they are my favorites. I absolutely love Houston. I got a little, don't worry. I got something cooked up. And I think NFL free agency is around that time too, March Madness. It is. Right? It is. It is. So we'll have to March do a free a month. We'll have to do a free agency preview at some point. We'll have to do, of course, we'll have to do the March, the March Madness show. Cause that is, that is a very, very fun show that we, uh, that we do, but Jake, thank you as always. So that is going to be it for this episode of the Basin Talk podcast. Everyone, please bet responsibly. Please enjoy the Super Bowl. Please make smart decisions. Do not do anything remotely stupid. And of course, most importantly, have fun doing it. It's the best day of the year for a reason. And then we're without we're without football for 
the next six months. So let's enjoy it while it's here. Enjoy the game. Enjoy being with friends, family, whatever you're doing. And uh, yeah, make sure you leave a five-star review on the on the pod. Subscribe. Tell us how much you love it. And for Jake, I'm Bert. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Let's go Bengals.